0: Inner Voice. A heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujan.
1: Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujan Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life changing results. The Fujan app gives you her evidence based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today. Well,
0: hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast. A heartfelt chat with my guests and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujan Zayn. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. It's so great to be with you. For all of you who would like to know about the Awareness Integration Theory, go to awarenessintegration.com. You can get all the um, three books that are written on there for Life Reset, which is for all of you who like to do your own work and journal, and do a workbook, likely said, is there for you. Um, there's a book for um, psychotherapists, life coaches, mental health workers, educators. They'll teach you the model specifically, exactly the way you want to work with your clients. And intentional parenting, all of your beautiful parents, grandparents, teachers, educators, that takes you through every single chapter with a different age, and I'm positive that you'll enjoy all of it. And uh, go to Fujron app, go to Fujron.com or take the app from Apple Apple Store or Google Play and you can go through 31 areas of your life through the awareness integration methodology. People have already uh, improved their life even one time, even the use of one time for about 60%. So it's awesome now. And uh, I think you will really, really enjoy it. For all of you uh, who like professional development um, courses and be certified in the um, awareness integration theory as a coach, as a mental health worker, as a psychotherapist, uh, please do. Uh, we certify people across the world and from the International Awareness Integration Institute, um, everywhere uh, in the world. So we'd love to be able to have you be a part of our team and then. You and your profile will go on um, the Fuzon app and we'll go on uh, um, awarenessintegration.com for people to find you from anywhere in the world um, and uh, be your client. So I invite you one way or another to be part of our family. Now, today I'm excited that in this episode, I chat with Dr. Behnam Bakshande and Dr. Eileen Zaballero about their latest book, which is part of uh, the first series of five books. And this one talks about successful supervisory leadership and exerting positive influence while leading people. Um, Dr. Bayhman Bashan has been on my show multiple times because of his um, authorship in different kind of books. Um, He is an accomplished executive coach and a business consultant with over 30 years of hands-on experience in the field of organization development human resources, development, workplace learning, and personal and professional development and training industry. He's also the founder and the president of Primeco Education and Coaching and Consulting Company, working with individuals, teams, and organizations on their personal and professional development since 1993. He's authored and co-authored six books and 31 book chapters in the personal and professional development industry. Um, I also have uh, Dr. Eileen Zabayeo, who's a senior partner of Rothwell and & Associate, and has been a certified professional in talent development since 2009. Eileen has over 25 years of experience in learning and development field, and she has co-developed talent development framework um, and uh, led a project examine instructional design competency and a researcher and is a subject matter expert in competency modeling for the advanced commercial building workforce she has authored also um, and co-authored five books and 17 book, book chapters so um it's a wonderful conversation i had with them about the difference between the supervisory and management Uh, How could a supervisor lead from a caring place and a powerful caring place? And how can they develop who they are? How can they train themselves to that position um, and um, be responsible for an amazing development of their team? So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I have. Now, subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, and connect with me through my websites, fujanzain.com, or any of my social media, and share with me your thoughts, the subjects you want me to talk about, the experts we want to hear from, because I truly love to hear from you. So without further ado, here is Dr. Behnam Machande and Dr. Aileen
1: Zavarek. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Dr. Behnam Bachchande and Dr. Eileen Zabayero. It is so nice to have the two of you with us. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to talk about your book, The One of Five Series, Successful Supervisory Leadership, Exerting Positive Influence While Leading People. So the first question, first of all, I love your books. I think that um, every time I've had you, um, Dr. there with us, and we've actually had you had you with Dr. Rothwell another time, which he's also a co-author um, of, of this book, and, um, I love the style that you guys write the book because I think that it is so self-explanatory. It is so complete, it is so comprehensive. And I was again pleasantly surprised to see this book in the same format, which is, you know, not only for your colleagues and, you know, um, people in academia, but also people in every level of a company, and everyone who's reading it can really, Uh, connect to it. So that's why I call it comprehensive. Not only it gives specific, um, uh, like every word is explained why it's there, how it's used and every system is explained. So um, again, I love the way you guys write books. Now, the first question that showed up for me is why would somebody want to um, study supervision? And what is the difference between like a supervisor and management? Um, because I think you, you you talk extensively about the distinction between manager and supervisor. Yes. Um, so Dr. Machende, could you share a little bit with us?
2: First of all, thank you for, for your acknowledgement. I know all three of us, Dr. Zabelero and Dr. Roswell, and I, we, both, we all three of us are committed to make a difference, not just for college students, but for practitioners also. Unfortunately, you can hear people say, oh, this is too academic for me. They don't realize that academic background give validity and credibility to practices that one, for example, supervisor or manager start implementing. So none of this concept just came like a rabbit out of the hat, you know. So it's, it's, we are very committed to give people value for their time. That they're reading this and give a lot of tools and background so they can actually practice it. It's a good question. Why, why suddenly out of nowhere start distinguishing supervisory and writing about supervisory? For two things. I know you, Doctor Zayn yourself. I know you're a supervisor in domain of psychology, right? Imagine all the people that you work in and influencing them. Supervisors have much more influence on the workforce than the managers or senior management, because they are in every day, day-to-day practices and work on the floor, on the offices, and every industry has supervisors. Psychology have supervisors. Manufacturers have supervisors. CPAs have supervisors. Nurses have supervisors. Just name it that is a very influential position in a whole dome of management. And then another thing is most of managerial, even super senior managers, most of them start from being a supervisor first. So it's creating a career path to the leadership in different positions. That's why it's very critical that someone Either young starting a career, learning about supervision and supervisory elements, and for if you they want to influence for better productivity and better performance. Nobody can do that much effect more than a supervisor.
0: Thank you. Dr. Savareo, um, what do you mean by um when you say like leading as a supervisor? So supervisorship sometimes has obviously a job description in any field. But you, um, in, in your book, you're also sharing about how to lead as. Can you share a little bit about that?
3: Yes, I can. Thank you so much for having us also. Um, you know, the idea of a supervisor is really important in an organization, as Dr. Bedman was talking about. They do a lot more than just overseeing the task or managing the team. It's about guiding, about influencing and supporting individuals to achieve the collective goals. And... One of the main things about it is that it's really about fostering growth and development of the teams. I mean, it's changed and shifted quite a bit where what traditional supervisors used to be before, now there's a lot more expectations of the supervisors. Um, They play a pivotal role in shaping the workplace environment. Um, And it's also the supervisors, how they communicate um, whether it's open, honest, transparent, or respectful, is also how it's going to be perceived in the team. And it's also going to set the precedence and the tone of the entire group. Um, their job is to guide and make sure that everything's running smoothly, but it's not about micromanaging the day-to-day tasks. Um, supervisors are now responsible for ensuring that Not only the tasks are completed, but they also play a real critical role in nurturing the human side of the work. And that's really one of our primary focus. And that's kind of where we really come in from in regards to this book. We really focus on what the human side of what it means to be a supervisor. Um, It's, as you know, to be an effective, you really have to walk the talk. Right? And so we've also talked about in, in terms of what it means to be dedicated and hardworking, they have to be able to show that in spirit with their team and their organizations in order for them to be able to reflect that with their teams as well. So when we're talking about leading, it's it's a lot of different aspects of it. And one of the big things is really being able to feel comfortable in regards to what they're doing so that they can lead their groups, but also manage in a way that takes on the, the project management skills, the strategic planning skills, but also the important parts of the soft skills like empathy, communication, and emotional intelligence.
0: You uh, really um, said an amazing set an amazing conversation where um, the morale of of the team is really on the back of the supervisor. And I remember your last book, um, Dr. Bashan, which was about coaching. And I could definitely see that the supervisors also kind of take on the role of a coach because they are really, literally working with the frontliners, And uh, their morale is pretty much um what sustains, uh, the customers and, uh, you know, all that is there. So it's such an important part. Can you, also, you. Can you also share about, um, you know, the distinction, as I said, between the management, um, what is management and what is the difference between what a supervisor does and how do they manage, um, versus like, you know, top management gear.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you're mentioning that because uh, you mentioned um, managers acting as a coach. Actually, this become an industry terminology, manager as coach, mm-hmm. that people use. Actually, there is a books with that name, manager as coach, because as you mentioned, supervisors are in interaction with the floor people, with the workforce on a daily basis. So to simplif- simplify, manager or managerial position come from a person manage an individual, a team, or group, or department on fulfilling a certain plan or process, right? So that plan and process being designed as a strategic plan of the organization connected to their vision and to the bottom line outcome they want to produce. Now, in the middle of management and the floor. What I mean by floor is people who actually do the work is a supervisor who manage the activities and manage the the detail of that processes inside that plan, right? And then there is another tier, lower tier called line managers or team leaders. Now, the line manager is directly working with a group of people inside that Process that a supervisor is in charge of managing. Obviously, these three tiers, manager, supervisor, and line manager, it, it have variety of dimensions and size depend to the size of organizations, right? If you're looking at the, a small business of 10 people, most probably they don't have the supervisor between. But if you have a company of 500 people, you have many managers, many supervisors, many secondary supervisors, and then line managers, then foremen. So, depend to the size of organization, these positions varies. However, uh, a supervisor would not manage the plan; manage the implementation of the plan. I hope I answered your question.
0: Well, one of the things that it's coming up for me as you're sharing is that. Uh, the supervisor is not necessarily, uh, part of the goal setting, but they do implement the goals that have been set by, uh, yes. from the, um, you know, the executive team and then the management and as it kind of trickles down, the supervisor is the one that owns it, takes the ownership of that goal and then lands it and makes sure that implements it with their team. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So everyone, Successful Supervisory Leadership. It's Exerting Positive Influence While Leading People. This book is uh, by three co-authors, Dr. William Rothwell, which is not with us today, uh, Dr. Behnam Makshande and Eileen, uh, Dr. Eileen Zaballero. And it is by Rutledge Taylor, and Francis Group. Um, So Dr. Zabarello, can you talk a little bit about the fundamental principles of the supervisory leadership?
3: Yes, of course. Um, You know, Dr. Benham was mentioning earlier that a lot of times people don't want a book that's so academic. Um, But we also do believe that it's important to ground our practices and the things that we're writing on academic um, practices. And so these are some of the principles that we've talked about the first one i wanted to share with you is the ones called the keystone principle and actually that was new to me i i knew of the concept but in writing this book i was introduced to me about this idea and the idea is that as you stated earlier um supervisors are not necessarily part of the decision making all the time but they are in charge of making sure that they implement it with the workers so imagine an arch and so the keystone is the piece that holds it all together Um, This concept was introduced in the 1970s, like 76, 77 or something like that. And it was a a professor that said, his name was Keith Davis, who mentioned that a keystone is like what a supervisor is, is that without them, the arch falls apart. It really does. Um, They're the ones who actually make sure that processes are implemented, um, employees are heard, that the things that the upper management wants is actually being implemented. And so they are the arts and the connectors between the two. Um, The other one is actually one of my favorite principles in theory that maybe a lot of people who are in academia knows about, and that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, Maslow was introduced by Abraham Maslow. He's an American psychologist from Columbia University. And this framework was about understanding kind of like the whole ideas of what people need in order for them to be able to be successful and how they're able to be motivated. And he and so picture the idea of a, of a triangle. And at the base, at the very, very bottom of that, are the basic requirements that we need. These are things like food, water, shelter. These are the things that we need ultimately. And without having those things, it's kind of hard to be able to move on to the next level. The next stage on that triangle is safety. These are Um, Things like stability, freedom from fear and that you're not feeling insecure, unsure of yourself. The next level is love and belonging. And these are more the social needs like friendship, intimacy and family. The next level up above that is esteem, the need for respect, recognition, self-esteem. And then the very top of it, which ideally according to Maslow is what we are all achieving for, is the need to achieve one's fullest potential and self-fulfillment. Now, these are really important things because as a supervisor, if they're understanding these, where their employees are in terms of the hierarchy, a supervisor can better grasp what motivates their team. So for example, if a person's focused on safety needs, um, they will value job security above all else. Um, Knowing the hierarchy allows the supervisors to create an environment where people feel safe, valued and understood. So these were just a couple of the principles that we had. We introduced several other ones, but these are the two ones that I thought were really instrumental in the book.
0: Absolutely, and it seems like um, they're, again, it's an all encompassing, not only about the task, but also taking care of your team in so many layers that not only taking care of their growth, Uh, But but you're also, uh, their growth in every aspect means the growth of the company in all levels. So that's why the supervisor's role is so important. Dr. Bakshan, talking about the importance and the influence that the supervisory leadership has, can you share a little bit about that type of leadership with with, um, tremendous amount of influence that they have?
2: Absolutely. Well, being positive and acting positively or being influential is not uh, custom to a supervisor or manager. From my point of view, from our point of view, mostly is a a state of being in one human being, right? So uh, these days, you know, there is a lot of terminology in our industry. For example, the great resignation. I oh, had argument with Dr. Rodwell about that, because he keep emphasizing on the great resignation. I tell him, Bill, people now have a choice. It's not they're resigning, going away, and they don't want to work, but they stop working for minimum wage anymore. That, that era is gone. Now the labor market is so thirsty and so looking for labor that, okay, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. So that has come from for years and years. Unfortunately, many industries abuse their power of, I call it 19th century management this kind of style, grabbing them from the neck, keeping them hungry. They're going to come back and work. Right. Not anymore. Right now, for the last two or even three decades, Management system, change management system, promoting being positive with your workforce. Use emotional intelligence to understand them, have empathy and compassion for what they dealing with. Practice effective communication and active listening when you are in meeting with these people. Give them credit for their knowledge and their experience. And being influential, Look at social media, how they influencing people, right? By putting positive message, positive action. Obviously, you're not going to see me or Lean in the Facebook dancing to influence people. But, but same concept of influence, you mentioned morale, right? If I'm a supervisor who practice morale and ethics and fairness, obviously, I would impact very positively to my workforce and show respect we have so many elements about this in the book that we break it down to literally uh, uh, detailed elements of a supervisor can actually learn and practice so putting it together a positive influential supervisor is someone who practices emotional intelligence effective communication active listening, show respect, show practice ethics, and being a stand for people get rewarded for their effort. Nothing is more than positive than that.
0: As you were sharing, uh, this thought came up for me that obviously the personal development and coaching um, years of that has really uh, created and implemented a whole different level of um expectations even from the employees because um, they value themselves and also so many years we kept saying go after your passion go after your passion and they do have the opportunity right now to do that to go after their passion and create so many levels of employment and um, income production for themselves that it doesn't have to be the other side of it as you said is um, there has been A culture of fear-based that you know uh, on large companies that ten percent to twenty percent of people who are not producing automatically will go. It's the creation of you know competition and sometimes unhealthy competition that creates a lot of anxiety for people when they want to go to work. So the other side of this, which is caring for people and what what's their best, how can their best become the best of the company and offer their best in a way that creates um you know the excellence for the company that they work knowing that then when they go to work somebody cares for them and they're not just tools of production but they are a human being right. is very very important so that concept of shift of culture from the positive influence leadership is so so important and i've you know Kind of heard it from you guys in all of your series of books that of the come from that these books are being written and uh, the come from of humanity in it which is so important um eileen can you share a little bit about the competency-based approach um to this type of leadership not only the humanistic aspect of it but there's also competency-based approach
3: right Um, So you had mentioned a lot about the human side. There's also the very technical side of developing these kinds of leaderships and this kind of supervisor. Um, Many organizations use competence-based approach in identifying, assessing, um, building their supervisors and supervisory competencies are, are varying depending on the work, the conditions, in the industry settings. So it's really important to make sure that your organization is clear about what kind of supervisor you want. Um, the competency about, um, competency-based approach to supervisory leadership emphasizes the importance of specific knowledge, skills, behaviors, and attitudes required for them to be effective in their role. Um, rather than just focusing on the job duties or the tasks, the competency really looks at um, and identifies the underlying capabilities that encapsulates a supervisor to perform at their best and to be able to optimize their performance. Um, The idea is that they, are, they ensure that their leadership is equipped with the necessary skills. Um, they have the behaviors to lead their teams, and it aligns with the organization. So you, uh, you want to look at the competency based that aligns with the core competencies of the organization and build those individuals and be able to assess and identify and determine what kind of skill sets that you want them to have. Um, it also provides really some clear um, skill sets So what I mean by that is that it's it's about behavior driven um, um, observations. So you're not saying whether or not, oh, I think that person is a really good supervisor. You could tell based on the observation and based on specific behaviors to determine whether or not they are a good supervisor. Uh, It also focuses on, you know, the the alignment with leadership effectiveness as we talk a lot about leadership and what that means and aligning those skill sets as well as the behaviors and the intention of what leadership is supposed to look like for that that group that team that organization
0: is this like an evaluative uh, measurement that not only you are offering what kind of the job description is and how they implement it but also how to evaluate it whether the supervisor evaluates it themselves or the management or the team evaluates them. Is that what I'm hearing from you?
3: Yeah, so actually it encapsulates the entire HR process of identifying the right person to be the supervisor, being to select them, being able to develop them, and then also as you state, being able to evaluate them accordingly. And in that sense, being able to have these set behaviors allows you to be in alignment with where the direction of the kind of supervisors you want
0: in your organization. Thank you. And, um, and what are the essential activities and skills um, and competencies um, that would be in some of what just Eileen st- stated about what are some specific activities and skills for these competencies that you would uh, that you're offering in your book?
2: Yes. Um, again, it depends to the size of the organization, certain skill sets and competencies and activities are uh, uh, needed. But in general, we divide them uh, or sub, uh, kind of organize them based on some general uh, scales. For example, every supervisor needs to have a hard scale. By definition, it means how to do the job physically, if there is this machine, how this machine works, how this accounting process works, how these psychology elements will work. That's a Hard scales that would depend to different industries, right? Then it's a soft scales or known as people's skills, right? Right now, I'm writing a book on 21st century four C's scales, critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. Those something that scales that every supervisor should have or develop to have. Then management scales. It doesn't mean you are a manager, but you have some managerial skills, like how to talk to people, how to show respect to people, how to not not lose your cool, right? (laughs) Especially in this day and time, HR policies is really enforcing the diversity and inclusive to people. Then administration, you have to, supervisors need to know some basic administration of their um, process, their department, right? Then human relation, which is different from human uh, resources. Human relation goes to how you relate to people, interpersonal relationship, communication, and listening. Team building, that's another skills and competencies that supervisor should develop and have, which is again coming to Uh, supervisors understand the human relation that is the base for building a team. Problem-solving scales and decision-making scales. These are important, maybe not as be a master on it when you're starting, but at least put themselves in a certain training that human resources development department would provide from internal OD agent or external consultant that work with them but but activities would be different from different industries
0: and as you say some of this might be part of the selection process where um, as you are hiring a supervisor you're looking at whether they already have these skills whether they already obtained it in their life experience or in their past employment experiences but there are also how you said that it might even if there are areas that they don't that your book and um, other systems such as, um, you know, courses and classes and self-development classes can actually create more of the skills for them. So, um, I think, is there um, a way of developing uh, these positive and influential leaders? Um, Is that part of, for example, what um, an HR does? Um, or, you know, is expected from the supervisors to find other means of learning this? Or are you, um, are you suggesting that companies, HR, should be able to uh, create classes or seminars, workshops in order to develop their team and their supervisors consistently?
3: Well, I, I think one of the main things that we're trying to state about developing is that it should be much more intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, historically a lot of times supervisors don't plan to become a supervisor, they are really good at a task, they do very well at their job, they get promoted to become a supervisor, and then they have a team of people. And oftentimes, they're not developed, they're developed in regards to focusing on the task and the the expectations of management. But in regards to being able to really effectively work with teams is one of the big gaps that happens in a lot of organizations. So part of the premise that we have talked about is really kind of focusing on that and really driving the relationship part of it, the human side of it, of really being able to connect with the group and people that you're working with. Because without working with the people, you're just basically doing your task. But when you start managing others, that's really when you become the supervisor. And to be effective and be able to do that, you really have to be able to understand the human components. And so in terms of development, one of the things that we actually really drive on is some of the leadership trainings, um, trainings for Things like communication skills, emotional intelligence, critical, um, re- you know, being able to look at critical um, areas across different areas of the organization so that they're able to be able to be much more effective. Um, Mentoring and coaching is a really big piece, whether they're being coached and mentored with another supervisor or whether they're learning to be a coach or a mentor for their team. Um, Pairing supervisors with experienced mentors or other coaches really provides more insights and feedback and guidance and how they can actually hone in on those skills. And the feedback mechanism is one of the big pieces that we think is really, really important in regards to the whole development side and even the continuous improvement part of it. So that the supervisors know whether or not they're doing a good job. Because development isn't a one and done kind of thing. It's a continuous development. And especially in this day and age where things are constantly changing, there are new types of structures in their teams. I mean, with everything that happened with COVID, All these supervisors who used to be able to manage their teams face-to-face, all of a sudden had to be able to manage them completely different. So development in that sense of the supervisors is an ongoing continuous process that really should be um, an iterative process for them to make sure that they're doing and are effective with their teams. And one of the parts also when I was mentioning feedback is that they're getting feedback from their teams about how well they're doing, what worked,
0: what's not, and what they can improve on. Beautiful. Um, The question that shows up for me is um, that when a person is in uh, the concept, they're in a position of power. Like you said, a a lot of times a person is already um, in a skill, they're part of their team, and then they get um, um, raised into a supervisory role and they have to shift their role from a peer now to a supervisory role. So sometimes what we see is Um, egos kind of get involved you know they go into the space of uh, uh, in let's say forcing upon or um, implementing something by force because of the power versus um, positively influencing and having people create a choice Um, in your knowledge and in your book how do you uh, share with the readers um, and supervisors in how to manage and balance this kind of, you know, the, the, the yearning to be forceful because they have the power at this point of implementation versus uh, the, from the caring approach and listening and coming in and, and coaching and creating results um, with their team from another approach, from the leadership and influence, positive influence. You could
2: both answer that. <laughs> yeah, well, well uh, I remember when I was in military service, that was a usual command that if a person would get promoted to higher command, they took him out of that group. They took him out of that division. They put him in different division because they knew their buddies, now they still listen to them like equal in terms of level of command, right? We don't promote that in a business because it's like a two-edged sword. In one, in one side, having an existing relationship with your colleagues is, is empowering, is a good thing to have. Second is, other side of the edge is, now if you become egoistic and you wanna demand or force the outcome versus influence the outcome, you got a conflict, right? So I recommend, we recommend to the management that you always put the person that you want to promote to higher leadership position with the influence that you know they will have an influence, train and develop them first. Put them in some courses, put them in the coaching, put them in some consultant. Get them to work on their self-awareness and self-regulation as the two main elements of emotional intelligence because they can learn how to work with people and how to demand respect not demand just follow me right so if they companies a little bit invest time and capital on the people who they want to promote to the managerial position or supervisory position that's a good approach
0: yeah Yeah. and i can add to to that um if i could add to that the
3: Supervisors have really evolved. The role of a supervisor has evolved quite a bit over the years. Um, a lot of it has to do with organizations becoming much more flatter. So they've gone from a directive to more collaborative style of um, management or supervising. They go in from task-oriented, focusing on what needs to be done, to more people-oriented. And also, again, it's the, the hierarchy is just completely different and the expectations of these supervisors are also much more different but one of the things that they realize and even organizations as a whole really realize is that it's not about the task that needs to be getting getting done. It's about the people who are doing it because you're only as good as the people in your organization. And really driving that with your supervisors really helps emphasize that position and holding that position about how valuable people are will get, change your relationship in regards to how you manage them. Very
2: mm-hmm. well.
0: Successful supervisory leadership, everyone, if you get this book, this is exerting positive influence while leading people by Dr. Uh, William Rothwell, Dr. Behnam Machande and Dr. Eileen Zabayero. Um, we let's look at one minute each. Is there anything we haven't shared about the book? Uh, what's in there, about supervisory role, role, about something that you really want everybody to know.
2: Well, nothing happened in vacuum. <laughs> if somebody is interested to professional development, it's a start from personal development. An organization, good, bad, or ugly, they're all made by individuals, which is work as a senior management, middle management supervisors, line managers, and the floor personnel. And what I know is, as uh, old Americans say, you can catch more flight with honey, right? So being positive, being influential, being respectful. I always tell my people, you don't have to scream at your workers. If they don't follow your lead, give them to HR. Let them handle with the managerial management, Uh, policies. You don't have to show this respect. Anyway, that's my last thing to say.
3: Well, you know, I would add that um, being a supervisor is, is actually much more complicated and complex than it was before. Before, people really focused on what just they need to do. And they had a checklist of things that needs to be done and how it had to be done. And I think right now, um, especially the position that we take in regards to our book, is really focusing on the people that you're working with. You're only as good as your team, um, plain and simple. It doesn't matter if you have top performers or if you have you know, the bottom of the crop. You as a supervisor can make the bottom of the crop top performers. And all, all of that has to do with how you approach, how you interact, how you inspire, and how you drive the vision with them, not in front of them, but alongside with them. And you know, I think one of the things about us writing this book, we realize how complex it is. Um, because that's why we had we had actually originally we had written this book and it was actually a really thick book. And yeah. we had intended to write that as a whole and we planned on it. But then we came up with the idea of making into a series. And so we broke it up into other important aspects. So like the second book that we're going to be coming up next is focusing on how to be inclusive, empathetic, and relational. That's a really important aspect of it. And that would require a book in itself. Um, The next book is going to be how to be organized and engaged. So the organized is what most people really focus on and think about when it comes to a supervisor. That's still very important. And we're not denying that. We're also including with that in regards to how you make sure you engage the people that are with you. The other one is the agile and innovative and resilient supervisor with organizations changing and modifying and the future of work looking so different every day from tomorrow with AI coming about. Supervisors are gonna be at the forefront of this and they need to be able to understand what it means to be resilient both with their teams and with themselves to be able to work effectively to be successful in the future. And the last book, which is the one that Dr. Rothel actually really wanted us to emphasize on, which is ethics, the ethical and value-based supervisor. And in this day and age, ethics has to be driven. Um, the, The integrity has to be the forefront because you're not just dealing with the things that you're doing, you're really dealing with the lives of the people that you work with.
0: Beautiful, thank you so much. Where can the people find your books?
2: Well, it, the book is available in Amazon on three different um, platforms. It's an ebook, book hardcover, and paperback. It's available in Roderick and Taylor and & Francis' website and over 120 different online platforms. So just type the title. I would pop up, but Amazon is a much easier way to get it. And uh, I highly recommend go get yourself a copy.
0: Thank you so much for spending the time uh, to share about this book. And I can't wait uh, to read the other ones. I think that the, you know, bringing it into a series and really looking at each um, aspect of it from a detailed perspective, it is so uh, needed, so needed because I think that when we're trying to shift the dynamic of uh, an internal process, which leads to an ex- external process There's so many angles that need to be looked upon. And it's not just one, two, three, four, do this and it'll be there. But there's so much of a human dynamic that comes across. Like one of the things that I said, you know, between the ego and, you know, what you want to create, that's just the human conflict. And I'm sure that there's so many other human conflict, natural human conflicts shows up as we face other human human beings. So looking at it from all of these angles really... um, Promote success as someone wants to influence um, others and their team in a positive way. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and best wishes on the next series. I'm sure within the next years, right? There's a couple of years as we're going to probably gain all the five. Uh, yeah, the years. next one coming,
2: we have it under contract to do it once a year. So the next one most probably will come up next July or maybe May or between May and July.
0: Yes. And I'm really excited to have you all back uh, to our show. So thank you again.
2: Thank you very much, Dr. Zensi. I appreciate you very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you so
3: much for an engaging conversation. Appreciate it.
0: And for all of you who are out there, thank you so much for being with us, opening your ears and heart to us, and uh, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week.
1: Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fuzhan Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fuzhan app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fuzhan Zane's Awareness integration theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today.